Hello, Canada, and welcome to another Canadian Common Sense Rant. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Oh, hello, Canada. Tony here. Today's date is January 30th, 2020, 2020. I'll probably get tired of hearing that very, very quickly. Anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about the Conservative Party of Canada's leadership race. But first, I want to just say a couple things about Lewis. More actually about just being friends with Lewis. Uh, most of our listeners, those who have been with the with the show for a while, know that Lewis and I have known each other for 21 years, almost 22 years now. And when you're friends with someone for for 22 years, you obviously get to know your common interests and, uh, you know, our interests in politics and particularly conservative politics is what prompted us to start this show. And the fact that we both love CFL football are things that bind us together. But because we've been such good friends for going on 22 years, we don't always have to agree on everything. And that's kind of where I'm going to go with this rant here. Uh, you, you heard from Lewis a couple of days ago uh, with his thoughts on the Conservative Party's leadership race. And he was bang on in that it's more about who's dropping out than it is who's dropping in, for lack of a better way to say it. Because Pierre Polyev, who, as you know, was both of our first choice for for leader, and I was actually heartbroken when he dropped out. Now, Pierre Polyev was someone that I had sent an email to before Christmas, and Lewis had as well, and both of us got a reply from him that he was interested, and then he, not only did he enter the race officially, he announced that Jenny Byrne was going to be working on his campaign. Now, those of you who are not members of the Conservative Party of Canada or who are not hardcore members of the Conservative Party of Canada or even just, you know, avid followers of conservative politics would have no clue who Jenny Byrne is. Anyway, Jenny Byrne has been with the Conservative Party of Canada since its latest incantation in 2002. She was actually one of the organizers who helped bring the old Progressive Conservative and Reform Party, or Canadian Alliance, I'm sorry, together back in 2002. And she was very young at that time. And she has been a party insider working with the party in Ottawa ever since that time. So if anything happens in the Conservative Party of Canada, that woman knows what's going on. And you can guarantee that that woman has her fingerprints on it. So for her to have been working with Pierre Polyev on his campaign would have been an absolute huge asset for him and would probably have helped him win, hands down. So I'm really curious as to why he very quickly dropped out. Now, Lewis had a theory that perhaps one of the reasons that Mr. Harper had dropped out of the race was to stop Jean Charest from running for the leadership, or at least to be able, in order to be able to voice his opinion about Jean Charest running. And that's possible. 
And it's entirely possible that Mr. Harper did indeed talk to Mr. Polyev and ask him not to run or ask him to stop his campaign. And I sure hope that would not have been the case because Pierre Polyev would be such a great prime minister, at least for someone like me, because he thinks like I do in a lot of ways anyway. And with Jean Charest, I mean, I, I had said this on my social medias, and I may even have said it here on the show. There's no way to me that Jean Charest could not be perceived as being yesterday's man. He was an MP 30 years ago for the Progressive Conservative Party. So good for him if he's still interested. But bear in mind, he also led the Quebec Liberal Party. So you do have to wonder if his loyalties are just having a seat in the House of Commons or if his loyalties really are to making a better Canada. So I'm actually on Mr. Harper's side if indeed he did resign from the Conservative Fund board in order to stop Jean Charest, or at least opine that Charest should not run. And he has not. And that doesn't bother me. Like I say, yesterday's man. And speaking of yesterday's man, Peter McKay is now the current front runner for the Conservative Party leadership. And I can understand that he would be. He's, you know, he was instrumental in bringing the two parties together to form the Conservative Party of Canada back in 2002. Uh, him as leader of the Progressive Conservative Party, it's obviously necessary to make that merger happen. So, yeah, Peter McKay, you can say he's one of the founding fathers of the Conservative Party of Canada. So, of course, that should make him an automatic frontrunner. I completely agree with that. However, and Lewis had brought this up, that his French is, let's just say, less than spectacular. And I know there have been numerous articles from some pundits, and you know what my opinions are in pundits. I uh, like them about as much as I like used car salesmen. Pundits have, have started to opine that, well, does a national leader really need to speak French? Again, that's somewhere where Lewis and I agree. You damn right see has to speak French, or she. If you're going to be a Prime Minister of Canada, you need to be able to communicate with all of Canada. And yes, 25% of Canadians have French as their first language, and many of those those 25% only speak French. So, yes, French is a very important thing. So that brings us to today, being January 30th. Lewis had mentioned Candace Bergen was considering her run. Candace Bergen is now out. So who does that leave? That leaves us with Peter McKay and Aaron O'Toole, and Marilyn Gladue so far. So there's three candidates who have said, yes, indeed, they are interested. And several who have said yes or no, yes, then no, or just flat out no. And that's fine. I mean, a $300,000 deposit is a huge amount of money, plus raising campaign funds. It's expensive to travel across the second largest land mass on Earth. And... I get it. And like I've said many times, I once ran for office. It was in a provincial riding, which is still a heck of a lot of driving because it was a rural riding. And it's a lot of work for nothing because you don't get paid to be a, a candidate. Yes. And it's, uh, it's a big commitment. It's hard on one's family life. It's hard on one's personal life. It's hard on one's 
body, mind. So it's, uh, you know, full credit to anybody who does run, especially for something like this, because you'll be traveling across the country and back and forth. And uh, it's going to be what will seem like a very long campaign. So going back to the two gentlemen and one lady that we have in the race right now, Aaron O'Toole has stepped out and he's attempting to capture what we would call kind of the the, the blue Tory part of the party. He's trying to make to bring himself out as being a little more right wing and he's gone right on to talk about social conservative issues. And I guess he's well enough known in the party because obviously he ran for leadership in the last leadership race as well that he doesn't really seem genuine when he takes these stances for one thing. And for another thing, he's talking about issues that have already long since been settled. The Supreme Court of Canada ruled on abortion in the Morgenthaler decision in 1988. And same-sex marriage, LGBT issues, I really don't see those as being issues that are going to light conservatives up. I mean, there are some social conservatives in the party who, yes, indeed, were are probably going to latch on to some of those issues. But by and large, mainstream Canada has, has already long since put those to rest, and mainstream conservatives are among those people. I don't want to say nobody cares, but nobody cares. Those issues are long since settled, and we're okay with it. Time to move on. I mean, do I have my opinions on those issues? Sure I do. But I also understand what the law of the land is. It's been settled by the Supreme Court. It's been accepted by Canadians as a whole. Move on. So I don't understand why Mr. O'Toole would bring that up before the, the leadership race has even begun, other than to position himself to try to take that right flank of the party. And... I guess I never really accused Mr. O'Toole of being right wing in the last leadership race. So it just seems a little disingenuous that he's attempting to paint himself that way now. And that brings us to Peter McKay. Now, Peter McKay, who I've never accused of being a right wing, and he himself is quite happy to paint himself as a red Tory, had decided to come out on the complete opposite side of Mr. O'Toole on those particular social issues that nobody was really interested in talking about until... These gentlemen started talking about it, although I should say, to be fair, Mr. McKay was asked if he would march in a pride parade. He, he says yes, he would. And he, of course, decided to say that people who don't agree with him are just a bunch of bigots. And I thought, well, if you're wanting party members to vote for you, calling them bigots might not be the best way to get them to vote for you, unless you're doing the Nahid Nemshi idea, mayor of Calgary, who in the latest election in Calgary a couple of years ago said that Calgarians were racist, that they didn't vote for him. Well, so maybe, maybe that's where Mr. McKay is going now. I really don't know, but what I do know is this, and this is where Lewis and I diverge just a little bit. I was very excited as was, was Lewis. So this is not where we diverge, but I was very excited about Pierre Polyev running to become leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. I was going to renew my membership in the in the party because I currently don't have one. 
And I even had emailed Mr. Polyev and said, I will work for you and I will try to help you win my local area. And now I don't have to do that because Mr. Polyev has dropped out. And that actually rocked my world in a negative way when he did. I actually had a lot of hope for him and I was actually excited about the future of this country and I was excited about what a Pierre Polyev government could do, not just for Western Canada, but for all of Canada. And his announcement was made actually while I was on my vacation, unfortunately. And thankfully, Lewis didn't knock the wind out of my sails until I was getting ready to come home before he texted me to tell me the news. But unfortunately, another friend had texted me the day prior when Mr. Polyev did drop out. And that was a sad way to end what was a wonderful vacation. (laughs) But that's all right. What it does make me think now is where does a guy like me belong? Uh, I'm right back now to October 22nd, the day after the last federal election, when I was smacked across the face with the realization that it's me who is out of touch with mainstream Canadian values when for four years under the Trudeau government, I had thought it was that side. And now I look at Peter McKay, who I would say is, is got to be the front runner, at least of the the candidates that we have now. And honestly, barring some miracle from heaven, I would say that Mr. McKay is going to have this election to lose as far as the leadership campaign is concerned. So with a Peter McKay leading the party, um, maybe that's what the Conservative Party needs in order to become government, and maybe that's what Canada needs to start to steer the ship a little more toward the centre, and especially because with the Trudeau government, the centre has moved so far to the left of what the real centre is that Canada has a long ways to go, to even just to move back to the centre. So maybe what they need is a much more centrist conservative party to start to bring Canada back to the to the centre and maybe rein in some of the outrageous spending. Maybe. But what it also says is that guys like me and me are still out of touch. And that just leaves me asking myself, where do I fit in? Where does somebody who believes in balanced budgets, for example, smaller government and reduced spending and reduced foreign aid, smart immigration based on, you know, necessary skills. And where does someone like me who believes that the private sector has a much bigger role to play in the delivery of government services than it currently holds? Where is someone like me who believes in less government regulation and less government interference in our economy belong? And I really don't have an answer for that. And yes, you could say you're the People's Party of Canada, but honestly, I think the People's Party of Canada is going to go the way of the National Party, Canadian Action Party, and several other parties that have come and gone that you've never even heard of or have forgotten. So... No, definitely not the People's Party of Canada. So I just say that 
there are really no options for someone like me. And I had spoken to a friend saying, well, there's always Wexit. And I said, well, Wexit would be great if they actually believed in separating Western Canada from the rest of Canada. But that does not seem to be Wexit's chief mission. Being Peter Downing, the founder of the party and current party leader, now that it is a party and registered with Elections Canada, Mr. Downing has said that he just intends for Wexit to be to Ottawa what the Bloc Québécois is, or sorry, Wexit, Wexit to be to Western Canada what the Bloc Québécois is to Quebec. He said it's just is going to be a party to represent Western issues in Ottawa. So that doesn't change anything, Mr. Downing. So why the hell would I want to join your party? You may have some policies that should be attractive to me as a Western Canadian, but you're not actually trying to appeal to Western Canadian patriots. You want to appeal to Canadian patriots who live in Western Canada. And even with that, Mr. Downing is doing a pretty bad job because you've got an intense amount of discontent in this part of the country. And Mr. Downing could have capitalized on that easily and did with some very huge rallies, but yet has not turned that into a credible threat on the political scene. So I guess Wexit really isn't the movement for me either. So then you have to ask if not a federal party, then where does someone like me go? Because provincially, there are not a lot of options either. So I want to say it's a really good thing that Lewis and I have got this podcast going on because until I can find a home politically, I think I'm just going to be sitting on the sidelines and commenting on politics, which would make me, that word I tend to say with a little bit of hate in my voice, just like one of those pundits. And that, my friends, is an even scarier proposition. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.